guys, we are starting a new series, all right, that's going to take us all through uh, the month of June, all right, and uh, if we could put the, the little slide of the series, it's called Next Level, okay, Next Level. All right. Now this year, the whole year, all right, in NUMA, we've been talking about having a heart of compassion. All right. So we're going to talk about next level and how does that look, you know, tied in with compassion. All right. How do we go to the next level? And, and today, you know, I want to encourage you guys and let you know that God wants to take you to another level than where you're at right now. You know, he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. And a lot of times we think about this towards the end of the year. You know, when November, December's coming around, you're like, oh man, another year is going by. Believe it or not, we're in June already. <laughs> we're in the middle of 2019, all right? If you blink twice, okay, we're saying, hey, Happy New Year, 2020, you know, 2020, literally, you know? And we think about going to the next level at that time. You know, when we're evaluating the cost and, and the things that had happened. But God wants us to go to the next level in our walk with him now. All right. And, uh, and you might ask yourself, and we're going to talk about this in a second. What is our next level? What is your next level? Only you know that. You know, maybe you have a pastor in your life that, that he knows, hey, this guy's not walking according to how he should be walking. And maybe people that are close to you know a little bit that there's a greater potential that when you're walking out right now. But the reality is, you know, okay, if you're giving it your all and if you've gotten to that level yet or, or there's still some areas that you got to work in, you know. Maybe your next level, for example... All right, is, is taking next steps as far as your relationship. Maybe you're living with somebody and you know what? You want to take it to the next level. You need to get married with that person. Like you saw up here, you know, uh, in, in these pictures. And that was awesome. You know, maybe, maybe your next level, okay, is in your household. You know, maybe you're a conflictive person and always having issues. You know what? God wants you to go to the next level. Poor woman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Or poor husband. <laughs> we need to go to the next level, man. We need, we need to rise up. Maybe it's in your parenting. You know, maybe your kids do whatever they want around the house. And you're the parent. You need to rise up, man. You need to go to that next level. You know, maybe it's in your spiritual walk. You know, maybe, you know, you're at the same place with Jesus now that you were back in 2013, you know. And you're like, oh man, like five years have gone by, you know, and I'm, I'm still in the same spot. You need to go to the next level. You need to rise up. You know, one of the things that I love to do sometimes in the afternoon is play basketball. I have two girls and two boys. And with the boys, sometimes we go outside and, and we play basketball. We go to the park and, and we play basketball. And uh, one of them is 10. The other one is five. So what we usually do is that I'll team up, you know, the 10-year-old and the five-year-old, and they play against me. You know, it's like a one against one and a half. You know, it's not a one-on-one, -on -one really. You know, it's a one and one and a half, right? And, and we play, and my son is getting really good. The 10-year-old, actually, he's starting a basketball camp tomorrow, and, you know, he's, he's, he's excited about it you know, but I'm still out of the point that I could beat him, you know, but what we do is that we start playing and I let them get a little advantage, you know, I let them score five, six straight six baskets and then they start talking, hey, daddy, we're going to beat you, you know, and you're getting old and you're getting slow and he didn't need to remind me that, I know it, you know, I know it is constantly there, you know, and uh, 
But what they don't know and they keep forgetting is that I could take it to a next level that they can't right now. I could take it to another level that when they're around, you know, nine points and the game is to 11, I'll go, okay, it's over. You know what I'm saying? And there I start playing defense and blocking all their shots. And then what happens? I end up winning like 11 to nine, you know? And they're like, man, we almost had you this time, you know? We almost beat. They didn't know that I have something inside of me that I could take it to another level. Each of us in this place have the capacity because you have the Holy Spirit in its fullness that you could take it to another level. And we decide if we want to take it to another level or we're comfortable right where, where we're at. We say, you know what? I, I just want to stay here. You know what I'm saying? So during the next few weeks, okay, we're going to be talking about different areas in our walk with God that he wants us to take to another level today. Okay, we're going to talk about next level faith. Next level faith. Okay, you can write that down. That's the title of today's message. Next level faith. All right. Now, faith is one of the most important things, you know, that we have in our walk with God. Okay, that he has given us. Miles Monroe which was a great man of God, and I had to have him in a season for, as a mentor, he would say the following. He goes, faith is the currency by which the kingdom of God operates. He would call faith a currency. That's amazing. Okay, that's what you, what, what you negotiate. That's what, what you work. Okay, okay, faith, all right? The Bible says that each of us have received a measure of faith. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Each of us here in this room have some sort of level of faith. There's nobody in this room that could tell me I have no faith. No, you have some measure of faith. God has given it to you. All right? Now, it's important to understand that God wants to take you to deeper waters with your faith. Okay? And the only way that that comes, you know how it is, right? The only way that he stretches out your faith, by putting you in situations that you believe that you can't do it, what it takes, and then he stretches out your faith. I remember that on a summer, many moons ago, <laughs> uh, my dad wanted me to put me in swimming classes because here in Miami, you know, there's water everywhere. You know, there's lakes, there's pools, there's ocean, you know, and my dad thought it was very important for me to take swimming classes. So he takes me, you know, he signs me up, you know, in this course. It was like a six-week course down in Shenandoah Park. You know, I live close to there, and uh, there's this big pool. They don't usually have pools like that anymore, but that pool had like two different trampolines. The deep end was like 12 feet deep. I mean... And I had no clue how to swim. I was actually a heavy set kid, you know, um, and, uh, and I had much agility, you know, so I was like, all right. So the first day of swimming class, I remember the teacher lines us all up. There was about eight or nine or 10 of us early in the morning, 830 in the morning. The water was freezing. All right. And I remember she lines us up to go into the pool. Now, I thought we were going to, you know, go into the pool by the little stairs and stuff like that. You know what she made us do? She made us climb the ladder to the highest trampoline. 
And I was like the fourth in line. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what am I doing? I could be sleeping right now or watching He-Man or Tom and Jerry or something like that. And some of the old people know what I'm talking about. I don't want to reveal nobody's age, all right? But I could watch Tom and Jerry or The Roadrunner or something like that. And I'm here climbing these steps. And I would see the kids jump, okay? That trampoline was higher than where I'm at right now. And they would jump and they would swim to the corner. And the teacher would call them out and they would swim. I'm like, man, these guys have been doing this for some time, you know? I'm here, I'm like a rookie, you know? And I get up there and I jump. And I just go down, down, <laughs> and keep going down. I touch the bottom of that pool. <laughs> and I just push myself up, you know? And when I go up like that, I'm like, Pat, and I hear my dad screaming at the lady, telling her, de que se va a morir, you know what I, va a matar a mi hijo, es el primer día, you know, he's like, telling her like a bunch of stuff, you know, I'm like, I'm going back under the water, that's how I learned to swim, I'm like, I'm not going to put up with my dad, man, <laughs> look like Aquaman, you know what I'm saying, like swam to the corner, you know that that's the way that God sometimes deepens our faith, he makes us jump on the deep end and you think you're going to sink. But God says, I'm here. You see, that instructor was like five feet away from me. If I weren't going to come up in time, you know what? She would have she gone down there and helped me. You see, faith stretches our muscles. And sometimes we don't think we have what it takes. Sometimes we think that God is breaking us. Sometimes we think like, God, are you having fun like doing this? You know, it's like, are you there? Hello. You know, he has you. He's stretching out our faith. Our faith needs to grow. It needs to go to the next, what does it need to go? To the next level, all right? For example, the apostles' faith, okay, was rocked. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago because we celebrated, you know, Easter weekend, was rocked when Jesus died on the cross. They thought it was over. They thought there was no, nowhere else to go. That's it. We're going back to fishing. We're going back to this, going back to that. But when they saw the resurrected Christ, their faith went to another level. It went to a place they never thought it could, would be there before. Now Peter is praying for dead people and dead people are resurrecting, you know, and his shadow is healing people. You know, their faith went to a level they never thought it was possible. And God wants to take our faith to a place that you don't think is possible. Maybe you're here this morning. You're like, oh, Pastor, if you knew everything I'm going through, if you knew my life, if you know where I've come, it's enough that I'm here in church. No, God didn't just save you to bring you to church. God saved you because he wants to do something through your life so amazing that you wouldn't even believe it. He wants to take your faith to another level. So today I want to share three important things about next level faith that will help you in your spiritual walk. Write this down. Number one. Okay. Number one, next level faith catches God's attention. Next level faith catches God's attention. Now I was saying that we all start with some level of faith. Okay. The Bible says we've all received a measure of faith. And sometimes when we start out, our faith is small. For example, the Bible talks about a dad that comes to Jesus and he tells Jesus, hey, Jesus, your disciples have been trying to cast out this demon out of my boy for like hours now and nothing has happened. 
And, and, and Jesus goes, you know what? You know, where is he? And, and all this stuff. And in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, something very powerful happens in the scripture. When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears, saying, I do believe, Lord, but help my little faith. What did the guy said? I believe. But maybe I don't believe enough. Help my little faith. And maybe you're like that here this morning. Maybe you're like, man, I believe. I'm good enough to be here. But I have little faith. That's not a bad prayer. Lord, increase my faith. Help my faith. I want to have more faith. I want to believe more than what I do right now. You see, because God wants to take you from having little faith to having great faith. Say with me, great faith. He wants, to have, he wants you to have great faith. There's two people in the Bible that come to mind. For example, there's this guy that also had a son that was sick, and he was a centurion. He's a Roman. He wasn't a Jew, all right? He wasn't one of God's people. He didn't know the law of Moses or none of the commandments. He didn't know none like, nothing like that. What he did know is that there was this itinerary preacher that was going around and whoever he prayed for got healed. That's all he knew. So he sends a servant out to Jesus, you know, and tells him, listen, this guy, you know, he has a sick boy. And, and something very incredible happens. The officer is talking to Jesus and Jesus says, all right, I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to pray for, for your sick son. I'm going to go ahead and, and go there. And in Matthew 8, verse 8 through 10, when Jesus says he's going to go, it says, but the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my supervising officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slave, do this, they will do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. What was his reaction? Jesus was what? You imagine that whatever you do or say, God will be amazed by it. That's how much his attention was called by what just happened. It says that Jesus was what? He was amazed. And turning to those that were following him, he said, listen to this. I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. I haven't seen faith like this. This guy's not even a Jew. He doesn't even know why I'm here. Yet what he just said, I haven't seen faith like this. So what am I here to tell you? Listen to this. It doesn't matter if you started out last week following Jesus. I'm going to tell you something that sounds even crazier. Maybe you're not even a Christian. But you believe that God is big enough and great enough to do whatever he's promised and whatever he said he's going to do. And Jesus says, hey, I haven't seen faith like this, guys, in all of Israel. I've been preaching all over the place. 
doing all kinds of miracles, all kinds of sermons. And this guy right here, he stands out. You imagine having a faith that calls God's attention. And that when you pray, God's like, hey, 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 watch this. Watch my son. Watch this. And then there's a story of another lady. And this one's in Matthew 15. I think Matthew was catching all these different stories here because he's writing for the Jews in a particular way. And in Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28, it says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Gentile woman, pay attention, a what? A Gentile woman, another woman that was not Israelite. Another woman that did not know anything about the promises that God had for his people. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. How did she know that? If she's not a Jew, you know how she knew it? Because she had heard the people that were around calling Jesus that. Her faith wasn't even a personal faith. Her faith was based on the person next to her. That's why I was telling you today, sometimes we need to support ourselves with the faith of a person next to us because sometimes we don't believe for ourselves. And you need somebody else's faith. But we'll talk about that in a second. Oh Lord, son of David, have mercy. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. You imagine that? She's talking to Jesus and she just got ignored by Jesus. Heaven just ignored her. You know, that, that's a tough one right there. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bother, bothering us with all her begging. So not only does Jesus not say a word, the ones that are closest to Jesus that maybe could like hook her up, <laughs> you know, like, hey, Jesus, come on, man. Do something for this. Hey, instead of saying, come on, they're like, Jesus, get rid of her. You imagine that? But we don't need her around. This lady's bothering us. Hey, aren't the disciples supposed to be like spiritual? <laughs> aren't they supposed to be like the ones that are walking with the Lord every day, learning about mercy and compassion? Where's the mercy and compassion here? It's like, hey, brush her off, Lord, and just get rid of her. And then... Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him. That's crazy. She just got ignored by Jesus. Disciples are saying, get rid of her. Finally, Jesus says something. And what he says is like, you're not part of this. Get out, be gone. And she worships. <laughs> she worships. How long can you and I continue worshiping when all we get is a silence from heaven? How long before we stop singing? How long before we just stop lifting our hands? How long before we just stop tithing? How long before we just say, you know what? Let me go on my own way. 
But this lady, as things got tougher and tougher, you know what she did? She worshiped. She worshiped. This lady's not even a Jew. She don't know about that. I want to tell you something. Sometimes you can touch God's heart without even knowing what you're doing. You don't need to have the ABCs of Christianity right. Because a lot of, you know, the pastor knows how to do it. The lady no pastor. And she worshiped. Pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it's going to get worse. It isn't, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She gets silence. Disciples are kicking her out. And Jesus says, you know what? This is not for you. She keeps on and Jesus says, you know what? This is for the children and you're a dog. That's the point where you say, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> you're watching online? Peace. I'm out. All right? And she replied, that's true. She agreed, I'm not part of the chosen people of Israel. Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. What situation of desperation this lady has to have been in that she lets herself be called a dog and say, yeah, I am a dog. But Lord, if you could still do something for me, whatever you have, Lord, it's good. Whatever you have, even if you throw me a little bit, Lord, throw me a bone. <laughs> whatever it is, Lord, it's good. You see, Jesus knew. Because remember that I told you in the series before that you can't surprise God. He knows everything. Jesus knew, so he was doing this. He goes, I'm going to see how far I could take her. I want to see how far she would hang with me. I want to know if she'll jump from the tap platform and know that I'm still going to catch her. Does she know? And sometimes God will do that to us. God will push you a little more and a little more. And you're like, I'm at the point where I'm going to break. And God says, come on, you can do it a little more. You can go beyond that. And when you do, what you do is that you catch God's attention. Look what he says. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Your faith is great. Listen, I didn't see Jesus say that to anybody in all of the Gospels, the only person that gets your faith is great is this lady right here. And the other centurion that says, I'm amazed by what you said. Next level faith gets God's attention. Number two. All right. Hmm. Next level faith. All right, makes a difference. Next level faith makes a difference. Now I'm going to dive into a hot topic here. All right, for a few minutes. A topic that has been discussed for centuries. Actually, 
this is one of the issues that Martin Luther had with the Catholic Church when he spoke about salvation and he spoke that salvation was through faith and had nothing to do with works because the Catholic Church was teaching, okay, that it was faith and works. And this is the scripture that was used to speak about that is in the book of James chapter 2 verse 14 through 26 and we're going to dive into this for a second here my ipad wants to get updated now while i'm preaching i wish i could type i am preaching right now you know but james 2 verse 14 to 26 james says the following he says what good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions can that kind of faith save anyone? You see, and for many years, what was discussed is that what he was speaking there is about salvation to go to heaven. And he's saying, okay, that you need actions in order to do what? In order to go to heaven and your faith save you. But listen to this. He says, dear brothers, what? Okay, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your action, can this kind of faith save anyone? That salvation that is talking about there, it's not talking about going to heaven. What it's saying is, if you have faith and no actions, how can that faith help the person that's on the other side? How can that type of person, how can that kind of faith help and deliver the person that is sitting on the other side? Because he gives an example that it's amazing here. It goes, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. Imagine. <laughs> but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Do you see? Faith by itself isn't enough. So it's talking not about faith for you. It's talking about faith for somebody else. Faith to make a difference. You see, it's no good for you to go out there and see a need and you say, I'm a person of faith and don't do anything about it. We're supposed to be the light of the world, church. We're supposed to be the answer to the many questions that people have. It's us. But we need to put our faith into what? Into action. We need to put our faith into action. All right? He continued, you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Well, have faith that you're going to get a job. Imagine you're a business owner. And you're looking for people to hire. And somebody comes to you that you know. And you're like, man, I have faith you're going to get a job. I have faith you're going to get a job. And you could give them a job. And you're like, I have faith you're going to get a job. What this saying is like, hey, stop telling you have faith to get it and give them a job. That's what it's saying. Put your faith and your action to work. Listen to this. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. What that means is unproductive. Okay, now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe there is one good God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. You know what he's saying? You know what? Even the demons have faith. Even the demons know that there is a God. 
But you're not going to see no demon in heaven, I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) That faith is not working for them because it's not producing anything. And God wants our faith to produce something, to change the world, to make a difference. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. Say with me, work together. Okay, our faith and our actions need to do what? Work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. You see, we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. What it's saying here, guys, is like your faith and your works and your actions, they need to go hand in hand. They need to go hand in hand. Something needs to happen. Okay, there needs to be a visible sign that you're alive. All right, give me a pulse. You know, some Christians like, like, let me give them some CPR. And we come here every Sunday, we're like, pump that chest. Let me breathe into their mouth and give them some CPR. It's like, hello, hello, anybody in there? Holy Spirit, you there? Holy Spirit, that's what this is saying. Come on. Let's go. We need you. And then it goes on saying, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them away safely by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without works. So what it's saying is, you know what? Don't have a faith that just does this crosses his arms don't have faith that just crosses his arms faith needs to do something a faith that acts a faith that moves okay is imperative guys that we take our faith to the next level if something is going to happen in this world that we live in we need to rise up church we need to rise up You know, one of the things that impacted me so much and it blessed me yesterday, every first Saturday of the month, we have missions outings and we go to different places. And yesterday, okay, there was a prayer drive-through. And I've been feeling sick since Friday and yesterday, not feeling too well, so I couldn't come. But I started getting videos and pictures of what took place here. And you know what took place? They, we had people go outside to a sunset in 127 with signs saying, you need prayer? We're here to pray for you. And they had the cars drive through, okay, into our parking lot. And literally, like, if it was like a car wash, they had people there laying hands and praying on cars that were coming by. They got to the point, like, we're not going to wait for them to come over here. They started praying for people at the red light on sunset. And the cars wouldn't even beep. They would just wait for the prayers to be finished. You don't know how I was looking at those videos and those pictures and tears were coming down my eyes because I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. This is faith. You know what? That is making a difference. We had our young people out there. 
asking people to put their window down. Is there anything that I could pray for you? Everybody has a need of prayer. Hundreds of people yesterday that were in that intersection or drove by and got in, got blessed by the faith of those that were here. Faith that makes a difference. And you know what, guys? The reality is at the beginning is scary. To take your faith to the next level, to make a difference is scary. It's scary when you're going to pray for somebody for the first time. I mean, you're like, Lord, this couldn't happen. I remember one time I prayed for somebody. I've said this, but it's not a joke, but it's true. I prayed for somebody and he goes, you know what? He goes, my mom, you know, is going through a hard time and she's dying. You know, can you pray for her? And we were here in the front, like, sure. And I prayed, Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this lady. This. I see that person the next week. I'm like, hey, how's your mom? She goes, she died. I was like, my God, if that's how my prayers are going to go, I'm like, I'm giving this thing up. And there's a pastor over there on Sunset and 125th. He prays for people and they die the next week. You imagine? My faith was rocked. You know what I kept on doing? Praying. Because at the end of the day, listen, I'm not the one that produces the results. I'm just the vessel. And you're the vessel. And God will answer the prayer. Maybe he's stretching that person's faith. But you believe. And every time I pray for somebody, I'm like, man, this is it. That person's getting healed right now. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it don't. But you know what? You stretch the muscle. You guys understanding? Number three. All right. Next level faith receives heaven's approval. Not only does it call heaven's attention, not only does it make a difference, okay, but next level faith receives heaven's approval. Hebrews 11, verse 6. And if you want to read a little bit about faith, just read Hebrews 11. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I call it the Hall of Faith, okay, instead of the Hall of Fame. All right. All these great men and women of God, what they did through their faith. Hebrew 11, verse 6. They could come up to the piano and the worship team could come up. It says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. It is what, guys? Impossible to do what? To please God without what? Without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's impossible to please God without what, guys? Without faith. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't want to receive men's approval. I want to receive God's approval. Because the reality is, it's impossible to please men. <laughs> You're never going to please everybody. You're not going to be able to please everybody. So you're going to either live for the approval of people, or you're going to live for the approval of God. You know what? I'd rather have God's approval. I'd rather have a stamp from heaven. I'd rather have the smile from heaven. Saying, you know what? What you did maybe wasn't too popular. But you know what? Your faith 
is pleasing to me. Your faith has caught my attention. Your faith has my approval. I want to get to the point, church, personally speaking, and I hope that this is for each of you, that everything we do, we do it to please God. That if I say I have faith, man, it's to please him. And he can use me to do whatever he wants. But Lord, you first. I want my faith to honor you. I want my walk to honor you. If you tell me to do this, I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. If you tell me, don't do it, okay. God will sometimes get you into situations that don't even make sense. I remember one day we were praying for people here. I'm going down the line praying for people. And there was, there was a person, and I felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, just skip over and go to the next person. And I started arguing with God in the prayer line. I'm like, Lord, but if I skip that person, they're going to you know, feel left out, you know. And I pray for everybody. And, that, and the Lord says, just skip them. Just go. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, Lord, you're the boss. Let's go. I kept on praying. At the end of the service, that person is waiting for me. Like, I knew it. I knew it. And she's going to come and tell me, why didn't I pray for her? You know, and now I was going to feel bad, this and that. She goes, Pastor, I noticed you were praying for everybody. And you skipped me. And I'm like, I knew it. Let's go. He goes, but the moment that you skipped me, I got down on my knees and I felt the touch of heaven in my heart. And I want to thank you, Pastor, for skipping me. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because you were right. You were right. I didn't, I mean, I'm arguing. At the end of the day, am I going to please people or is my faith going to honor and please God? That's what it's about at the end of the day. And today I want you right there where you're at to check your heart and see if the faith that you have at this very moment is a faith that is calling God's attention, if it's a faith that is making a difference, and if it's a faith that is pleasing Him. That's the question I have for you guys today. Because I check myself with this. I'm like, Lord, there's a couple of things that I need to step up this summer. I wanted to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And maybe your prayer this morning is like, Lord, increase my faith. Grow my faith. Make my faith go to another level. I'm like that man, Lord, that I want to receive a miracle, but I don't even know if I can. I need more faith, Lord. I believe, but help me believe more. Maybe you're a person of great faith in here. God wants to use your faith to make such a difference. What is the Holy Spirit telling you today? What is he speaking to your heart today? And take a moment right there where you're at and just surrender to him like that lady. Maybe all you need to do is just worship him. Say, Lord, I I really don't know all the answers. The feedback I'm getting from heaven is not too good. I'm just going to believe. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to surrender all to you. Let's go, man.